0: Hello, listeners. We have an awesome show for you this week. We are joined by Casey Jenks. He is the co-founder of FitBot, which is a personalized workout delivery and messaging platform. Um, So listen to the show so you get an idea how cool this software is. Uh, After talking you'll notice about halfway through this conversation, the light bulb kind of turns on and I see how many pieces of software I'm currently using that Fitbot could potentially replace. Uh, so we talk about that. Uh, we also talk about uh, lessons that the affiliate owner can learn from the tech industry as it relates to creating a culture in your gym, how to hire and manage your team and, um, So, great episode. A big thank you to Casey from FitBot for coming on the show. I do want to take a second to highlight our upcoming Gym Owners Growth Summit. Uh, What I'd like to do is really just give a shout-out and a thank you to our partners. Uh, Especially, thank you to our summit sponsor, uh, Affiliate Guard. So, those of you that work with Vaughn over at Affiliate Guard, You know he's the man. Um, Those of you that uh, do not work with Affiliate Guard, reach out to Vaughn over there. So a big thank you to our summit sponsor, Affiliate Guard, for helping us put on the Gym Owners Growth Summit. You probably have heard about this by now, but if you haven't, go to GymOwnersGrowthSummit.com. Block out your calendar today. If you wait to the last minute, which everybody does. I know you're going to wait to the very last minute to sign up for this thing, and you won't have classes covered. You won't have the time set aside to do it. But absolutely set aside the time today, September 27th to the 29th, online, completely free to you. We have some incredible speakers coming on. We've got Carl Powley. We've got Chris Spieler, uh, CJ Martin. We're going to We have John Briggs from Insight Tax talking about profit first and accounting. We've got uh, Ben Bergeron. We've got Zach Forrest. We've got our team talking about some uh, marketing tactics. It's all free for you. We've got Jason Kalipa, Julie Fouché. We've got Z from Barbells for Boobs. We've got um, Serenae. VP of operations for duct tape marketing. We've got Stuart Brower from WTF uh, gym talk. So, I mean, this is a outstanding lineup of guests. So again, set aside the time now, block off your calendar and reserve your spot. Gymownersgrowthsummit.com. I'd like to give another shout out to a partner of the show. InBody USA. We've been talking about it a lot recently on the Think Tank. The InBody is a highly accurate bioelectrical impedance scanner, uh, but most importantly, it's a tangible data point for your clients. So uh, if you want to let your clients know, what is your body fat percentage? What is your lean tissue? Uh, What does your hydration look like right now? You can show them all of these things. And if you've been in fitness for any amount of time, you know that the scale can be super detrimental to not only your client's progress, but the progress of your business. So you're now actually able to show your clients, look, hey, the scale has changed, you know, the scale hasn't changed necessarily, but your body composition has changed. You've uh, increase your resting metabolic rate look you have a faster metabolism as a result of being here so you can use the tool to you know create additional upsell opportunities it can be a value add to your client but it's a super important data point it's a great way to generate leads and get referrals for your gym if you're interested in how we've used the in body in our gym reach out to me matt m-a-t-t at 321goproject.com, I'll be happy to connect you with John Ross over at InBody, and he'll get you all squared away. InBody is offering our listeners a free consultation package to really upgrade the look of your machine and the setup, uh, as well as a discount off of the purchase of your InBody, up to $250 off their flagship models. So again, inbodyusa.com if you want to learn more, reach out to me if you want to learn how to integrate these services in your gym. And I'll connect you with John over there at InBody. Enjoy today's show. We'll see you next week. All right, listeners, hello and welcome to another week of the 321 Go podcast Uh, Super excited to be joined this week from Boulder, Colorado, uh, Mr. Casey Jenks. Uh, Casey is from FitBot, thefitbot.com if you want to check out his company. Uh, Casey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So real quick, I want to dig into more. We'll we'll wrap up the show kind of talking about some of the key features of FitBot, but for the listeners that may not be familiar, just kind of fill us in on uh, who FitBot is for and, and what do you guys do?
1: Sure. Yeah. So FIPA is a platform for trainers and coaches to deliver individualized programming to their clients, whether that is in a purely remote setting or they're supplementing their existing in-person clientele with homework. We're a a one-stop shop for uh, all of your uh, planning of training, recording results, and communication with your clients.
0: Excellent. Give us a few examples of how some of your clients and trainers are using FitBot, either like in a group exercise setting or a one-on-one setting.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we're, mo- we're mostly focused on the one-on-one aspect. Um, so an example of that would be, you know, OPEX, for example, uses this for their entire operation, both of their in-person clients and their remote clients, you know, starting strength, another good example. Um, a few other coaches we have, you know, CJ Martin of, of Invictus with his athletes. Um, and then on the group setting, you know, we have, uh, you know, Marcus Philly of Revival. While well, he also does one-on-one coaching, he also has his Revival Strength Program that goes out to to multiple people. Um, so we have, uh, you know, people delivering full, full training programs. We also have people that are using it to deliver supplemental, you know, maybe, uh prehab type work, accessory work, uh maybe skills based uh program to work on your weaknesses. So, you know, maybe you have a client coming into the gym, they're doing your group programming, but they have this goal they want to nail their first pull-up and you you can assign them a, you know, supplemental pull-up program that they can do on their own time to uh reach that goal.
0: Cool. And this is all accessed digitally between uh the the coach and the client, right?
1: Yep. All accessed uh, 100% through, through the app.
0: Sweet. I dig it. Um, I want to come back to some some different ways that we could use FitBot uh, in our affiliates and in our businesses. But, Casey, I kind of want to start off hearing about your story. You mentioned you were in, you were in Orlando for 15 years, just yep. moved the company to, to Boulder. Take us back a little bit further. Is, is FitBot the first uh, company that you've been a part of the founding?
1: Uh, no. So my wife and I started a CrossFit gym, a CrossFit affiliate together, uh, like late 2010, early 2011. And, uh, you know, I, it was never my, my goal to be, you know, involved coaching training 100% of the time. So, um, I kind of took a step back a little bit after starting that as we kind of grew and hired, hired coaches on staff. Um, so I could continue to focus on, on software development, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we built CrossFit Kings Point in Orlando, and uh, later sold it towards the end of 2015. And uh, it was over the course of, you know, building and, and helping run this gym that you know I kind of learned about some of the, the unsolved problems that, that trainers and coaches had, and and uh, decided to to fix them.
0: H- have you always worked in software development?
1: yeah you know i I took my first programming class when I was a freshman in high school, I think, and uh just kind of fell in love with it you know i've always I grew up kind of always enjoying you know building things and uh you know solving puzzles and uh, this was a, a great outlet for me and uh yeah I went to school for for computer science, but I've also been super passionate about working out and, and fitness all that time, too. You know, my, my parents are pretty big influences there. Um, my dad's 62 and still is just shredded. So uh, <laughs> I've always enjoyed, you know, building things in fitness. And, um, you know, starting FitBot is is, uh, is a great combination of, of those two passions of mine.
0: Talk to me a little bit about uh, transitioning to, to affiliate ownership. Were you... I'm guessing, were you working in software as an employee somewhere when you did that?
1: Yeah. So I graduated college in 2007. I got a job for a uh, a software company uh, after I graduated. I was there for about two years and uh, started to get bored. And uh, I really didn't like you know, being told that I couldn't go surfing. On days there was good swell because I had to put vacation requests two weeks in advance. So I started, uh, <laughs> I started messing around a little bit on the side, you know, I'm thinking like, all right, I got to figure something else out so I can, you know, uh, do, th- do things the way I want to do them. But, uh, I started messing around with some online performance marketing on the side and really, really learning that the company I was working at was, uh, uh a social media marketing company. And, uh, just due to some exposure there, I started learning about some performance marketing stuff and, uh, started learning that. And, um, you know, I started messing around on the side, and and it got to a point one day where I decided to quit my job and focus on that full time. Um, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't really super passionate about that, though. It was it was a great. Uh, uh, I learned a ton, though. But so I uh, did that for about a year or so after quitting that job, and then my my girlfriend at the time, now wife Lindsay, he, you know, asked me one day. She's like, "Hey, do you want to open a gym?" <laughs> and <laughs> I was all about it. So I, you know, I was getting kind of getting kind of bored and and uh, I wasn't really too passionate about the, the performance marketing industry as a whole. So uh, kind of dove into opening a gym full time. But um, maybe maybe eight months to a year or so after opening the gym, I I, w- I got back into software development full time. That seems to be my my number one passion for sure.
0: I dig it, Casey. Uh A couple things that I want to unpack a little bit here because I think it's an interesting story. Uh, Most affiliate owners uh, are coaches, generally, or fitness enthusiasts. They open a gym and then realize in hindsight, oh, shit, I got to learn marketing. I need to learn how to utilize software. I need to learn about automations. I I got to wear all the hats. Exactly. But So you (laughs) actually came into affiliate ownership kind of understanding some of these key things that, like, we at 321GO, we tried to teach people in retrospect how to market, how to leverage automations and things like this. But you kind of came into it understanding that. So what was your perspective on and affiliate you know, ownership?
1: Yeah. Um, and you know what's crazy, what stands out, you know, the most about what you say is kind of the... the I guess the instruction or the guidance around the marketing side of the business at the time from a lot of popular figures in the affiliate industry was don't market, yeah. uh, focus on your coaching. And I'm sitting over there like what? That's, that's, that's insane. Why would you not, you know, why would you not throw a, a campaign on Google AdWords that takes you an hour to set up and maybe 20, 30 minutes of uh, checking in once every couple weeks Uh, Why would you not do that? It was our number one source of new clients, you know, other than referrals from our existing members. People go to Google to find CrossFit gyms. So why do you not want to show up there? It just seems dumb to not be marketing. (laughs) It's like you are actively hurting yourself by not marketing. You know, more, more members means more revenue means you can pay your coaches more. You can hire more coaches. You can hire that cleaning crew so you don't have to mop every damn night. You can buy new equipment for your members, you know, you can invest into continuing education, you know, it all goes back in, into the gym to create a better experience for your clients and uh and a better gym. And the uh, the gyms that did that, the gyms that do that are gonna win out over the gyms that don't.
0: There's I I can't remember when it was. It's been about a year or two ago. I, I wrote an article and the title of the article was No One Knows and No One Cares. And it and it basically was this. I I've done like business and marketing consulting with some amazing coaches and amazing affiliates and just great human beings that I would be completely okay sending my mom to go to their mm-hmm. gym. Yeah. But nobody understands what good coaching is. Nobody really cares until they've experienced it. So then there's this issue how do you get people in the door if nobody understands and nobody cares about your good coaching?
1: yeah trying to break through um you know the notion that all all affiliates are the same mm-hmm. and uh you know oh i'll just go to the one that's that's closest to me that kind of thing um or i'll just find the 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 Groupon deal that's running right now and go to go to that gym mm-hmm. and uh yeah those are probably the gyms that you know you i'm not maybe they're great but you know i've <laughs> maybe they're not <laughs>
0: What are some things that you took away from your time as an affiliate owner? You and your wife took away from your time as affiliate owners that you sort of are using today to kind of help other people maximize their business.
1: Hmm. Um, ooh, that's a good question. Deep. Uh, you know, I really liked the uh, the concept of uh, the emotional bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, saw Ben Bergeron speak uh, when he was in town a few years ago and, you know, that was the number one thing that, that stuck out, uh, when listening to him. And it's probably the number one thing that, that carries forward into, uh, running FitBot today is, uh, this concept of, you know, with your customers, you have this emotional bank account you're making deposits, withdrawals. When you fuck up, that's a withdrawal. Mm -hmm. When you do something that, uh, really stands out for them, you know, that's a deposit. And, uh, you know, you always want to keep adding as many deposits into this bank account and, uh, and and bank all these deposits, you know, as many as you can because, you know, you are, are going to fuck up. You are going to make mistakes and there's going to be withdrawals. And, uh, you know, you want to have that bank account nice and full for when that stuff happens.
0: I like that. Casey, you have talked about one of the things I try to uncover on this show is like what are these key features of, of – entrepreneurs right and sometimes these things can be a a detriment oftentimes these things can be an asset to us in listening to your story of how you were part of these different companies uh how you you know you you sound your story is very quintessential of an entrepreneur but one thing that you said is that you were you were in a company and then you immediately felt bored or limited uh Mm -hmm. is is boredom a key feature of an entrepreneur in your mind?
1: Um, I guess it can be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really wasn't planning on being an entrepreneur when all kind of growing up and through college, but, uh, you know, kind of, kind of jumped in. I was young enough to, to take some risks and, uh, you know, I, I knew that, well, if, if this fails, I can always go back and get another job. Mm-hmm. You know that's the the worst that could happen. You know, at least at least right now, while I'm while I'm uh, you know, or while I was young and uh, you know, no kids and uh, life's a little. You know, you could take you could take more risks like that. Um, I think you know maybe boredom is a component. I think uh, you know just knowing that there's a better way and uh, having the the work ethic and the balls to want to go out and try and solve that problem is uh, our other. Big components
0: as well. So since start, so you started your affiliate in about, so six years ago you sold that affiliate. You started.
1: Uh, sold, sold towards the end of 2015.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So almost two years ago. Gotcha. But, so, so you had the affiliate for a few years, sold it. Um, but mm-hmm. so going on, I mean, knocking on the door of sort of five, six years of entrepreneurship. What are, what has surprised you? about it? Are there things that you find easier than you thought they would be? Are there challenges that you didn't foresee, you know, when it comes to starting, you know, scaling and and making these companies sustainable?
1: Yeah, you know, so there's always, you know, new challenges along the way. Um, And when you solve any particular challenge, you know, there's always that next Mm -hmm. challenge right in front of it. Um, I guess I've gotten more comfortable I guess coming to terms with, uh, you know, I don't know everything, you know, there's a lot more people out there that are, that are smarter than me. I should try and pick their brain as much as possible. Um, you know, everybody, I I think that everybody to some extent is, is kind of, you know, quote, winging it and figuring things out as they go along. So, you know, tell anybody, you know, don't be, don't be scared if you don't know everything. Uh, you know, we're all just out here trying to do the best we can and build, and iterate on our businesses and and uh, build better better businesses all the time.
0: So, Casey, oftentimes I think somebody comes into so there's this classic idea. Uh, the E Myth Revisited, Michael Gerber, wrote about this idea like. Somebody starts a company because they're a technician and they feel passionate about the thing that they're a technician in. So, mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, in the co- in the case of the CrossFit affiliate, it's like you were a coach that yeah. felt like there was something else you wanted to do better or you yeah. were a member that fell in love with it and you wanted to do this thing. And then mm-hmm. you get into it and you're like, "Oh shit, like
1: I, I don't get to coach anymore.
0: Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so you, so you talk about you were the software developer. So you were this technician, yep. mm-hmm. and now you are, you know, and now you've kind of stepped into this role of entrepreneur. So, uh, oftentimes, I think that separation between technician, you know, I, the example I use all the time is. You know, a, a barista that is super into coffee, and they've got their pour over, their single origin. They're super into the idea of coffee. The last thing that they should ever do is open up a coffee shop because the mm-hmm. only thing that they're going to be pouring over is their QuickBooks, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, talk to us about what is this like. You know, what? How do you navigate the waters between technician and entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, you know, so that's been something that, you know, I've had to level up, you know, my skills and become a, I guess, a, a manager or a leader. Um, you know, at the start of the year, we were only two people, myself and my co-founder. So, you know, I was uh, I was that solo technician staying up, you know, long nights, building out the initial, uh, the initial platform. You know, all 2015 is just me just cranking by myself trying to get this thing up and running. Um, you know, still kind of in that technician role, uh, trying to, you know, make sure I was writing, you know, not just writing all the code, but writing the, the right code to make sure I was building the right thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a, that's an area that, that I've been kind of stepping into, you know, lately we have seven people on the team now and, uh, yeah, having to, to, uh, Learn that has been a, a great challenge, but really loving it, building a great team of, of uh, you know, really talented developers. Um, I do think that, you know, kind of being a technician has helped me out a ton trying to manage other technicians because I can still put on my technician hat and I can still step into their world and speak their language and, uh, you know, kind of use my knowledge to um, help, help I guess, manage and, and lead the development team at, at Fitbot.
0: So you had to, I mean, essentially, you really brought on it, what is a significant amount of people. So there's you and your co-founder, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're basically tripling this team, right? What were those, when you begin to staff up in a startup, which you know the the majority of our listeners are sort of at that point like I'm a founder mm-hmm. my my wife and I are a founder of this company and then we realize all right we need to staff up in order to scale that's sort of our next iteration what yeah. are some lessons learned when you uh as you have built a team um you know I think the big lesson is to
1: the so number one thing i guess when hiring people is you know, figure out where the bottleneck is and make sure you're hiring the, the right role. Make sure you hire people that, you know, complement your skill set that are maybe stronger in areas that you're not or enjoy doing the things that you hate. So you can kind of take that hat and give that to them. Uh, the other piece of advice, I guess, would be to, you know, hire slow. Don't just hire the first person that, you know, with a good resume that comes across your desk. Um You know, you could really shoot yourself in the foot if you hire the wrong person, and uh, you know, get the wrong the wrong people on board. You want to make sure that, uh, uh, yeah, you don't run into that. So, I would say, you know, a lot of people make a mistake of hiring really fast, but uh, you know, if you slow down a little bit, um, you know, make sure you get the right person on board, you'll be way better off.
0: I couldn't agree more. I think if we, Uh, that was probably my you know, personal earliest mistake is hiring based off of a great looking resume. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: that does not make, I mean, there's, there are so many intangible things. You mentioned the emotional bank account. I don't think that somebody's capacity to either invest in your team's emotional bank account or your client's emotional bank account, I don't think that translates onto a resume necessarily, does it?
1: Uh, no. Um, yeah, so, you know, resumes jeez, that's that's a uh a, a tough tough you know, it's it's very tough to gauge a candidate by solely looking at the resume, you know. Um one thing we do, you know, so we I think references can be uh great, I think they can also be bullshit because anybody can probably find three people to say great things about them. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you get a good if you get a few good solid references from people in the industry that you really respect or names that you recognize that have some, you know, I guess built up professional capital behind their names. They're not just going to endorse, you know, just any random Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, getting, getting recommendations from, you know, people that you've worked with, uh, people that you respect in the industry. That's a, that's a huge signal for us. Um, you know, we have, a uh, interview process, you know, we talk, Talk on the phone for about an hour, do a phone interview, and then if we like how things went on the phone interview, we we do a couple hours. At least to hire a developer, we do some some pair programming mm-hmm. where it's coming to the office. Let's sit down, let's write some code together. Let's uh, see, you know how you solve problems, how you communicate, what your thought process is, and uh, you know that's a really really good way for us to get a read on on uh, candidates as well. But um, I'm really excited with how our team is is shaping up.
0: I like that. Casey, you had mentioned uh, when we were not recording, so off air you mentioned you have these powder days at yeah. at the office. Explain those a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. Um yeah, so we live in Colorado and you know, half the reason most people move here is uh for the for the slopes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it doesn't you know, good powder days don't always happen on the weekend, so and uh, the weekends are crowded anyways, so uh, you got to deal with traffic and you know, all the families and tourists and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, we have this powder day policy. Um, if, uh, if you want to take a day off to go skiing, or maybe it's not even skiing, maybe it's wire or rafting, whatever it is, uh, if the conditions are really good, you know, and you're not going to – there's a few key rules. One, you can't you can't screw over your team. So if they're depending on you, if there's a big deadline – um, then sorry, but you know, can't go. (laughs) Second rule is you have to make up the day within two weeks. So if you decide to, you know, take off on a Friday to go skiing, you're going to be working either your, uh, you know, your next two weekends to make up that time, you know, that you traded. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I feel like, you know, work life balance is, is important. And one of the reasons why I started a company was so I could, you know, go surfing, go, go skiing, go surfing when I live in Florida. But uh, yeah, I go ski and go snowboarding on uh, you know maybe uh, if it's if the conditions are awesome on a Tuesday, um, then I want to be able to take advantage of that. <laughs> and uh, you know I, I can definitely understand you know uh, my team members wanting to to do the same. So um, yeah, it it works out.
0: You have to have trust and
1: and uh, yeah, you can't can't screw over your team. But um, it's it's worked out well so far. It's awesome,
0: Casey. I think one of the ways that tech is sort of leading things uh in general as it relates to business and entrepreneurship is is sort of company culture you know what i mean it's like it's the super stereotypical like hbo silicon valley version of yep. this but it is oh, that's
1: a great great show it's, right <laughs> it's so awesome but it, <laughs> it's funny because it's half true it,
0: I, oh my gosh yeah it's amazing but it it is this idea of like Hey, there's a, a, there's a burrito bar in the, in the office. But I mean, it really is, there are a lot of these tech entrepreneurs that are really leading the charge on creating cool culture and, and realizing that like human capital is super, super important, especially as you're launching a business like tech that tends to be very um, cash poor early on. To like mm. build up human capital early on, it seems to be mm-hmm. really important. What are some lessons that that you think we that like affiliate owners or gym owners or personal trainers or entrepreneurs listening to this show can sort of take away as it relates to creating a, a work or company culture in their gyms? Mm. That's a
1: good question have to think about this for a sec. You know, I would say to, to realize that you know your, your team is your, your biggest asset, and uh, you know without them, you're not going to get very far into you know, I just think of ways that you can invest in your team. Um, you know one thing that we do at Fitbot that I wish we did when we were running our gym was weekly one-on-ones. So <clears throat> I meet with everybody on the team for a half an hour, once a week. And uh, I get a gauge on, you know, how things are going. Uh, hey, how are how are things going? What are your goals for the next week? Mm-hmm. You know, what are maybe any concerns that you have right now? What's going well? Um, and it just keeps an open dialogue between myself and my team members. And if things come up, it gives us uh, the ability to react and respond really fast if we need to do any type of course correction. Mm-hmm. So that is probably the the number one one of the one of the top things that's that I wish we did <clears throat> at the gym that we're doing now.
0: <clears throat> that's a great Casey, I think that's probably the greatest point in here, I think, is that regular meeting times and regular like touching bases with your team mm-hmm. is you I mean it's it's weird. Like, I don't know, I hear this all the time of you know, hey, I had this coach that just turned around and opened another gym, like just opened a gym and took half my clients. And I'm like, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, all right, bro, I, I've opened up a gym before. I've helped hundreds of people open up a gym. And that shit just doesn't happen overnight, right? It's...
1: Yeah, there should be warning signs all along the way. And, uh, and that's that's the goal is, you know, to establish that dialogue. So if uh people aren't you know enjoying any particular aspect of their job or they're running into problems along the way that they feel comfortable opening up they feel like that you give a shit mm-hmm. so that and they you know feel like that you'll respond and and rectify <clears throat> the the situation. Yep.
0: I like that. So I want to shift gears. Let's talk about some ways that um, people are using Fitbot. I, I want to start off with this, Casey. Uh one of the things you'd mentioned OPEX one of the mm-hmm. things that I like that they're bringing to the forefront of group fitness is this idea of individualized attention. I really do think yeah. what I see as best practice moving forward in the group fitness model is this idea. this hybrid idea this this idea like hey i do group classes it's community it's accountability Mm. i'm also receiving one-on-one support as it relates to nutrition my goals you know Mm -hmm. additional programming and things like that Yeah. so it's your maybe
1: any limitations that that you may have um you know or your your training age your genetic makeup your lifestyle habits you know really all these things that should be factors when crafting a, a training program that kind of get lost if, if you're doing pure
0: group. 100%. And uh, Casey, I'll frame it like this. So CrossFit kind of came through and made gr- the group model uh, attractive, right? It, mm-hmm. You get like incredible retention. You get incredible participation rates that the traditional, as we call it, the globo gym really can't replicate at scale. Um, but then I think that everybody then reacted to this. Now you've got like Orange Theory Bar. Like everybody has mm-hmm. a group now, and mm-hmm. I think it's up to uh, I, CrossFit affiliates tend to really push the envelope because they're not constrained by a lot of things in their business model. It's a, you know, it's an affiliation. You can do whatever you want. So yep. I think that our next iteration is going to be a return to some individualized attention to the athletes from within the group model. Um, So, Casey, I want to hear from you. How are some of these, you know, affiliates that you're working with or other sort of group model gyms utilizing some of the the FitBot technology to to really capitalize on this individualized attention and programming?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, one thing that we really like that, you know, what OPEX is doing is they're opening up their own. Affiliates with this uh, sort of hybrid group, individualized one on one type model where someone signs up to be a member at your gym. You know, they're paying, they're paying you more than uh, they'd be paying at uh, you know, a, a CrossFit affiliate, but they're getting uh, a purely individualized program written just for them. And they, they can still come into the gym at any time, whenever they want to execute on that program. And, you know, there's coaches on the floor coaching people through, you know, the work that they have to do. And there's other people working out alongside you, you know, maybe they're not, they're, they're probably not doing the same workout that you are, but everybody's together in the gym, uh, as a community, you know, working out, getting better together and, uh, working hard together. So that's, that's one way, uh, people are, are utilizing the, the program that, you know, we think is exciting Kind of takes the best from one-on-one training, the best from from group training, and uh, combines them into you know what we think is a, a takes a win. It's a win-win for for everybody involved.
0: So walk us through, Casey, the nuts and bolts of it. Like I've got my affiliate, I you know integrate Fitbot with what we're doing. What does that look like on the ground from both the coach's perspective and the athlete's perspective?
1: Yeah, so it all starts with an assessment and a consult. So you you know you get a new client, you run them through some some assessment protocols. Um, you you, know, you sit down, you have hour long consult chat, figure out you know what their goals are, what their training history is, what maybe their, their limitations are, um, how often they can train, uh, chat about nutrition, and uh, really just try and come up and craft craft the the plan. Uh, their uh, their training plan so that training plan then gets input into fitbot and uh gets delivered to the client and the client comes in on the days that they have workouts and uh pulls up their their training in fitbot and uh you know they're logging their their results as they go along maybe recording any video as they go along they have their coaches on the floor with them uh coaching them through their workouts as they go along and uh you, know, you get much better alignment of, you know, the the client's goals, you know, with their, their training program. And, uh, you know, you kind of repeat this process every month. Let's see how things are going. Iterate on your, your training program. Have another console. Let's chat about things. Let's, you know, progress you as you, as you go along.
0: So uh, let's say currently a coach is using any number of tools to do this, be it like, Google Docs, some type of mm-hmm. text messaging platform, some type of email automation, CRM, their workout tracking. there's probably a client management system in there. Yeah. There's probably some other things that I'm that I'm neglecting, but if you think about how the average gym right now is managing all of these processes, what are some ways that Fitbot sort of cuts down on uh, those different things that you're juggling?
1: Yeah, so, you know, when I first hired, you know, my first
0: uh I guess coach back, geez, in
1: 2012 about 5 years ago, you know, everything was done through email. I would get 3-4 weeks with the workouts in my inbox. Then I'd get to the gym. First I'd have to find that email and then find that current day in that email, then take that copy and paste it into my notes app record my results. As I went along, because it was a remote relationship, sometimes upload video, wait for those uploads to finish, then get those back into my notes. And then we ended up using uh, like a private Tumblr blog where I would just kind of write everything. Then he had another external service that that pinged him whenever I updated that, that he would know to check. So, uh, you know, my uh, training, all my training world, all that stuff kind of happened through through email and Tumblr and you know, a couple different apps on my end, but you know, imagine there's 50 of me mm-hmm. on the coach's end, and it's it's more email, um, it's text messages for the day to day communication, or maybe it's Facebook message, or you know, wherever a, uh, a client can get a hold of their their coach, um, and then you got to worry, you know, about payments and paperwork and all these other things, and you know, before you know it, you have you know, 10 different services that you're calling together to try and use to, to run your business. So, you know, we still view ourselves as, as pretty early, you know, we're in our infancy, but the goal is to, you know, provide a, a one-stop shop so that everything can just happen in, in one platform. Um, so there's not any time wasted sort of dealing with 10 plus services that get cobbled together to try and, you know, the trainers trying to use, to get their job done.
0: I love the idea of, real time like this real time messaging i it's it's really interesting we've been exploring a lot lately in marketing that perhaps i mean everybody that works in tech i don't i mean i'm assuming your team uses like slack or or some type of messaging thing like you know anybody that manages a team on any level is like we're done with the email like we are completely mm-hmm. done with the email. I do like that this is now Although. go
1: ahead. you know, email does have its its positives yeah. as well if you're working with a team, you know, with Slack. We use Slack pretty heavily internally and and uh, you know, email I can kind of treat like a to-do list. Yeah, And things in Slack can get lost easily. But yes, Slack is is amazing if you know both people are are, are online and there and chatting at the same time.
0: Yeah, so I I do think that this sort of real-time messaging is probably not probably, it's definitely where we're heading with things. I so I I do like that one of the features of Fitbot is this real-time messaging. I like that I like this idea that that coaches are available to to athletes and um, and vice versa. So w- explain to me a little bit like how how would you recommend using some of this messaging? How do you see Gyms using it, coaches using it. What's the value in having that as as a communication platform versus like an email?
1: Yeah, so it's, it just shortens that feedback loop mm-hmm. between between the client and the trainer, which is huge. I like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I like it, and, and I think that t- to your point, especially, I think those of us that have used you know email automations in the past and things like that it's like it's getting harder and harder for these things to land in a primary inbox
1: Mm -hmm. you know yeah there's just so much noise Mm -hmm. for sure
0: i like that um so casey i want to wrap up uh how i want to let the gym owners the personal trainers out there know you know how can we find out more about fitbot what do you recommend we do as far as checking out the software next steps you know problems that that you guys can solve for for the gym owners out there
1: yeah head to thefitbot.com you know we offer a 14-day free trial so you can get in you know no credit card required uh get in you know check things out poke around use it with a few clients see if it's a good fit for for you um and then also if anybody ever has any questions we try to make ourselves super accessible uh, for answering them you'll Find a little chat bubble on the bottom right of the site and that goes directly to us. And uh yeah, we get back to people pretty pretty fast on there.
0: All right. I dig that. Um so yeah, listeners again, if you want to go to uh thefitbot.com, learn a little bit more about the the features that they're offering, try that fourteen day free trial, no credit card there. Um check out a little chat window. Uh it looks like, yeah. Casey, you're right there in the chat window. So if you want to holler at Casey or anyone on his team, they'll they'll be available to answer any questions that you have. um So, Casey Jenks, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, I really look forward to some of the the stuff that you guys are up to, checking out more and, and seeing all the updates that you guys have coming in the future.
1: Oh yeah, lots of lots of big great things in the pipeline now that we're getting uh, team ramped up and. There's some great stuff in the works, cool. for sure.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to it. Casey, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of 321 Go Podcast. Right now, stop what you're doing. Head over to gymownersgrowthsummit.com brought to you by Affiliate Guard and the rest of our amazing sponsors. And register for this event, September 27th to the 29th, uh, the first of its kind in our industry. We're going to put on a three-day event. The speakers include Ben Bergeron, Carl Paoli, uh, Chris Spieler, CJ Martin from Invictus. Uh, We've got members of our own team talking about Facebook ads, search engine optimization, running a business. Uh, We have Hobie Darling as a guest speaker. Jason Kalipa, John Briggs from Insight Tax. Uh, We've got Julie Fouché. The list is incredible. Head over to GymOwnersGrowthSummit.com right now. Reserve your spot in the summit. If you're interested in sponsoring this year's summit, uh, just head over to GymOwnersGrowthSummit.com, tab over to Partner Opportunities, and we'll get you all squared away. Again, the speaker list is incredible. You don't want to miss it. Block it off in your calendar right now. It's September 27th to the 29th, gymownersgrowthsummit.com